What's going on, people? It's your boy Kalechi back with another episode of the Ramblin' Mind Podcast. How are each and every single one of y'all doing today? I hope y'all are staying safe. I hope y'all are taking care of yourselves. I hope y'all are doing all the things you know you ought to do during these corona pandemic period. I hope y'all are still washing your hands, wearing your mask, and staying away from people. Hope you're taking care of yourselves, man. We got a lot to get to. We got a lot to get to. We got Biden and the whole stimulus package stuff that we'll get into shortly. We got Amazon that's facing unionization. Is that how you say that word? Unions? Basically, they're facing unions. We got Tesla making some big moves. We got voter suppression that is making a comeback. And then we got some extra things that we'll talk about at the end of this thing. But we start with that new stimmy. That new stimulus check is on its way. That new stimulus package. Maybe I'll actually get something this time around. I doubt it. I literally... I'm, I mean, I shouldn't get something, but you know. You still, I, I like some extra cash, but you know. I'm, I'm, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. But, 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 the good news is the stimulus package, if it was ordered online, it would be in the phase of processing and getting ready for delivery. Biden went from talking about we can compromise... So y'all ain't serious enough. I'm tired of trying to compromise with you. Remember last week, we talked about the fact that uh, a group of 10 Republican senators came to him with about a $600 billion package, which Biden looked at and said, yo, 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 yo. We talking about trying to release a $1.9 trillion package and y'all coming out here with $600 billion? $600 billion? No, 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 no. Y'all ain't serious. Y'all ain't serious. And they turned around to the Senate Democrats and was like, yo, yo, yo. Y'all do what you need to do to get this thing passed because these folks... They ain't serious. They ain't serious about coming to the table with like an actual deal, which at the same time, it makes sense because usually you want to lowball and then you guys can meet in the middle or something like that. But Biden was like, look, this stuff is important. As a matter of fact, he said, if I have to choose between getting help right now to the American people who are hurting so badly and getting bogged down in a lengthy negotiation or compromising on a bill, that's that's up to the crisis. That's an easy choice. Basically, what he's saying is, look, man, if I need to push this thing through without trying to be the compromising dude, you know, trying to bend and trying to make things work, because, you know, Biden is on this kumbaya thing where he really just wants the Democrats and the Republicans to come together and work together. And he's like, y'all taking too long. This thing is wasting too much time. We need to get help to the American people. We need to do it as soon as possible. And we'll talk about why in a second, why he's pushing even more for it now. But basically, he was like, yo, y'all taking too long. We need to get this thing done. And so I'm worried that the package, which the $1.9 trillion cap package could actually do too much for the economy and cause the economy to overheat and actually prevent the administration from doing anything else moving into the future. But Biden is on the side of, I would rather overreact to what we're seeing right now and do too much than underreact and allow people to keep suffering during these times. The actual language of the stimulus package still has to be hammered out over the next two weeks as it heads back to the House of Representatives to actually get all the specifics down. It actually got passed um, in the what's the word I'm looking for in the Senate through something called a budget something where instead of them needing like 60 votes that they would have needed to actually pass it through, they could basically just go by the majority, which was the 51 votes that they had. So the package now is heading to the house and hopefully in the next couple of weeks, we should hear something soon about those steamy checks that should be hitting your mailbox or rather your bank accounts pretty soon. The other day I was actually home this weekend and my sister got an IRS letter 
And because of my history with the IRS, because uh, when I first graduated from college, the IRS hit me up with a $10,000 bill and talking about, yo, you've been using it because at that point, my mom was working and she had the uh, Affordable Care Act, the Obamacare insurance, and I was under my mom before I got my job and I forgot to remove myself from that insurance plan. And so they ended up looking at my salary and being like, bro, you make way too much money. What you mean you're on our insurance plan? And so they like wanted to charge me like $10,000 and I just started working. And I was like, what y'all mean? I literally just started working. That's part of the reason why I started getting my finances in order, but I didn't pay them that $10,000. By the way, here's a here's a clutch tip for anybody who ever has to deal with the IRS in the future. You don't really have to pay the IRS all the money that they're asking for. All you need to do is write a nicely, strongly worded email and call them and be like, yo, I only have this amount of money. I mean, I only paid them like 900 bucks. Think about that, $10,000 to 900 bucks. Now, of course, I had reasoning that they were trying to charge me for my entire family, where I was the only one that was working and therefore they didn't need to charge me $10,000. I ended up paying like 900 bucks. But call the IRS and email them because they know that most people are not going to do that. Most people are just gonna go on some kind of payment plan. And I wasn't about to go on no payment plan. So that's just a solid tip for anybody who is wondering about the IRS and how to deal with any other IRS stuff. But that's beside the point. And you can basically do this with any other loan officer for the most part. But now let's talk about the reason why Biden is so pushy and wants this bill to be pushed through sooner rather than later. And the main reason is the underwhelming numbers for the January, for the underwhelming job numbers in January. Remember in December, we lost 140,000 jobs. In other words, we didn't even, in, um, when you do the net ad, when you subtract the addition from subtraction, we actually lost jobs rather than adding jobs in, in December. And in January, the job numbers were marginally, marginally better. We added only 49,000 jobs, 49,000 jobs, which is way below expectations in january that brings the unemployment number down from 6.3 percent uh down from 6.7 percent to 6.3 percent which on the salt and on the surface then everybody comes out and says hey we've dropped the unemployment number it looks great like everybody can celebrate we're doing so good unemployment wise yeah on the surface it's all looks good but when you start digging deeper which is why they say numbers never lie but numbers never tell you the entire truth so you gotta always dig deeper to learn more about what's actually going on which is why you can't just be like oh the stock market is going up just buy into any stock that you think is gonna go up in the market no that's why you gotta research and see exactly what's going on with companies the same way with unemployment the reason why unemployment keeps dropping is not because people are getting hired i mean we just talked about only forty-nine thousand people being added uh to, uh, getting jobs last month that's not enough to drop from the 10 plus million people that are still unemployed to make that much of a difference the difference is there's a lot of people that are dropping out of the labor force there's a lot of people that are just picking up part-time jobs or part of people that are just waiting and hoping that something comes up and so when you stop applying for unemployment when you say that you know what i'm just gonna wait and you start collecting unemployment you basically don't get counted in the unemployment number we've talked about this multiple times so i'm not gonna rehash the whole thing but the point is the number 6.3 to uh, 6.7 to 6.3 it looks wonderful it looks great but on the in reality it's still not a good situation Biden sees this as an anemic and slow economic recovery and wants to supercharge things with his stimulus package. Uh, Treasury Secretary, Secretary Janet Yellen said, I, and I quote, I'm afraid that the job market is stalling. We have 10 million people unemployed, 
4 million people have dropped out of the labor market and another 2 million are working part-time who really would like full-time work. We're in a deep hole with respect to the job market and a long way to dig ourselves out. So, I mean, with all this coming out of the White House and all this coming from Treasury Department and everybody, even uh, Jerome Powell has said over and over and over again, we need fiscal we need fiscal stimulus. We need fiscal stimulus. He's done basically everything he can do from a monetary standpoint. And so this is why Joe Biden is kind of like hitting the Republicans with a stiff arm and like, yo, y'all ain't coming correct. I'm out of here. I'm Derek Henry and Derek Henry and y'all and run into the end zone with the stimulus package. So hopefully we see something come out of that pretty soon. I'm gonna put on my glasses now because it's nighttime and my eyes are starting to hurt. But anyway, those of y'all who are listening to this podcast have no idea why I'm talking about putting on glasses. It's not like you can see my face, but regardless, let's keep this thing going. Now let's jump into talking about Amazon. The behemoth. Last week, we talked about Amazon and the fact that Jeff, Be- Jeff Bezos is stepping down from his Iron Throne, controlling the nine realms of the kingdom of Amazon. He's controlling over Amazon Web Services. He was overlooking over Amazon Shopping. He was overlooking over uh, IMDB, which in case y'all didn't know, Amazon owns IMDB. Like, how crazy is that? I didn't know that. The only reason that I knew that is because me and my sister started watching a show called Heroes and it was on Amazon Prime, except it was through IMDB and it was like, holy crap. This dude, Jeff Bezos, just be buying everything. But however, because it's just a supplementary thing that they're doing on the side, their software sucks. Their software for Amazon video sucks. But anyway, I'm going to stop going on that tangent. Anyway, on Monday, Amazon Warehouse workers in Bessemer, Alabama. I mean, to be honest, I don't think people have talked about Alabama this much since uh, Alabama won the title, which actually they have talked about Alabama this much because Alabama wins the national title every single year. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Anyway, and people will reply with War Eagle, but you know, I, I grew up in Alabama, so that's why I'm doing the whole Roll Tide. Anyway, let's keep this thing going. Amazon on Monday, Amazon warehouse workers on Monday in Bessemer, Alabama began voting on whether or not to have a union. This is a big, big deal because for the longest time, big tech has been able to avoid any kind of union talk because generally they have been doing pretty a pretty good job. They pay their employees very well. They do all the things that they like. But with some of the recent developments, things seems to be changing a little bit. We've talked in the past about how Google workers are forming a relatively small union, but a union nevertheless. And now Amazon is facing the same music, albeit a different type of union where, you know, Google workers, they're more white collar type workers trying to form that union. This is more blue colored workers in, in the Amazon warehouses and the people that are actually on the front line of Amazon. And historically, Amazon has not done a very good job of taking care of his employees. And this is showing a drastic shift in the way that big tech is going to have to face the music. I know you've seen one or two of the organized movements that Amazon workers have held in the past, uh, and especially in recent times where they were like, yo, you're not providing us with enough PPE. You're not providing us with enough protection and all that kind of stuff. But basically all of that has culminated, culminated is a word, right? (laughs) Has culminated to basically what's going on now. From the breakdown, basically the people want a union, not necessarily because of pay, because Amazon actually pays its worker better than most other places. And actually it was one of the first companies to do a $15 minimum wage raise everywhere. Uh, But that was not really the reason why Amazon, um, that they're creating a, a union for Amazon. 
The main reason stems from the fact that the way Amazon handles dip discipline. Amazon doesn't do person to person discipline. It does it via app and people don't necessarily like that. And plus people would rather have an open and honest dialogue about what's going on. There's a bug in my room. Anyway, people would rather have an open and honest di dialogue about what's going on than just to receive a notification on the phone and be like, oh, by the way, we're letting you go. Like nobody, nobody wants that. Nobody likes that. Nobody wants to see that. And as usual, a lot of the time, almost everything can be taken care of. And most of the time, people think that money is the main reason that people start having issues. Usually, money only becomes an issue whenever people start being unhappy about other situations. I mean, for a lot of us, we will take a crap, we will take a job that pays us less to make sure that we are mentally sane. I know I did, uh, I mean, after I graduated from college, I had a certain job and then I quit that job because I was getting paid way more money. Let me just be honest. I was getting paid a good bit more money than what I'm earning now. However, I quit that job because I wanted more sanity in my life. I wanted to be able to do other things in my life and to be able to pursue other things. And that's the main thing that's going on with the Amazon union. For historically, tech companies, big tech companies have been able to pay their employees well, and everybody has been happy for the most part because they were doing all the things that they love to do. However, what happened in recent times is you had a lot of these big tech companies start doing a lot of things that their employees did not like, which is why now they are choosing to unionize moving forward. Next, we got to talk about Tesla and Elon Musk and all the moves that they're making and causing Bitcoin to skyrocket because recently Tesla decided we are changing $1.9 billion of our balance sheet, which uh, Amazon, uh, Amazon, oh my God. Tesla has about a $20 billion balance sheet cash on hand and they're taking about, what is that? 10% of that to basically changing that over into Bitcoin and they announced this and more importantly, the, the more important thing of this announcement was that they said that in the future, they will start affecting Bitcoin as a form of payment. Now, this is big news because this is giving Bitcoin a lot more legitimacy moving forward with more and more companies. I believe more and more companies are going to do this. This is basically like the first domino falling for more companies to see it as like, yo, this is actually not a bad idea for us to use Bitcoin as a hedge against all the money printing that has been done in the past year by the Federal Reserve, we can use Bitcoin to at least store our capital to ensure that when we want to deploy the capital, it does it hasn't lost as much value. I expect to see a lot more announcements from different corporations saying that they will also be changing some of their dollars, a percentage of the cash that they have on hand into Bitcoin. I mean, one of the biggest annoyances that a lot of investors have with Apple is because Apple has close to $200 billion of cash that is just sitting. In other words, it's losing a lot of value. Usually we talk about inflation being about 2%. 2% for you and I on like uh, like $100 don't make that much of a difference. But 2% 2 on $200 billion, that makes a heck of a lot of difference. That really changes things up a lot. And so when you start thinking in that, in that mindset and start thinking about it, this is why a lot of CEOs are start going to receiving calls from investors and from board members talking about, yo, we just saw Elon Musk do this thing with Bitcoin. What you doing? Like, what, what, what you doing, man? Like, we see them making moves with Bitcoin. We heard Square. We heard PayPal. I mean, them, them small dogs. But then we got Elon over here, which we see as somebody who is smart and knows what he's doing, changing over to Bitcoin. Like, yo, which then again. Tim Cook and be like, yeah, and a couple years ago, he almost went bankrupt. So what you talking about? 
so and, and you know anyway that's the whole thing but i do think that this legitimizes legitimizes bitcoin a little bit more uh does this mean that bitcoin is going to keep exploding to the moon i don't know so the question is what should we do at our levels my my play is i've just kind of started dollar cost averaging into bitcoin i mean it's no more than like 20 dollars that i'm doing into bitcoin but just to have that exposure that if bitcoin explodes awesome if it doesn't explode whatever like it's just another way to to kind of diversify my investment i was talking to my guy tolu and he was talking about the fact that he put about one percent of his entire wealth into bitcoin just as like a if it happens it happens if it doesn't happen oh well and my little brother has been talking to me about bitcoin for a while and so i finally started doing it and i opened a coinbase account and i started investing into bitcoin dollar cost averaging twenty dollars every month goes into bitcoin and into ethereum we've already you, you guys go check out that podcast that i did with jimmy song where we just talked about the history of money and the history of bitcoin and all that good stuff definitely go check that out i think it's very insightful and will share a lot of knowledge as far as bitcoin is concerned now the next topic i have before we get into the extras of the day this one is one that i just kind of read earlier i didn't have enough time to do notes on so i'm literally going to read read word for word an article from axios which is one of my favorite sites to get news because they just give it to you straight they don't try to do all the stuff that you see on cnn and on fox and all that stuff and plus i get most of my news by reading if you want to check out any of the sites that i use to uh, get any of my news one of them is morning brew which link will be down in the show bio and if you're watching this on youtube it's going to be down in the link below so you can go check that out i believe morning brew is one of the best newsletters that i ever signed up for i also have a link down there for axios which i think axios is literally the best reporters that there are right now axios quartz and um eurasia group which is uh one that is done by um, g0 which i love those news networks because all of them give it to you straight if they think that the democrats are trash they tell you the democrats are trash if they think republicans are trash they tell you republicans are trash and I just love people who give it to me straight. Not trying to sell me on something, but just give it to me straight. But anyway, the, this topic that I want to go into is the fact that voter suppression is coming back in full force. Let me just read to you this article real quick. At least 165 proposals are being considered in 33 states to restrict voting access by limiting mail-in ballots, implementing new voter ID requirements, and slashing registration options. Axios Russell Contreras and Steph Knight reports the 2020 election shattered minority turnout expectations expectations with black and Asian American voters in Georgia and Latino and Navajo voters in Arizona flipping traditional red states to blue I remember when I was talking to a friend of mine and we were talking about the fact that he was saying Georgia is now a swing state and I was like have you lived in Georgia and he had of course lived in Georgia so seeing that happen it was like whoa that's crazy and then he says, advocates hope that the one silver lining of COVID-19 would be a permanent expansion of absentee and early voting options and other steps to make voting safer and more accessible to all voters. But a majority of states are seeing a proliferation of efforts to make voting more difficult, fueled by Trump's false claims of election fraud. It's just crazy to me the fact that we're about to be regressing back to the 19 to 1965 like are we really about to do that 
And then the thing they're gonna try and hide behind is the fact that no, 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 we're not trying to suppress anybody's votes. All we're trying to do is make sure that there's no voter fraud. And it's like, what kind of BS, dog? Like, what kind of BS are you guys trying to put out here, that man? Like, for anybody who wants to say with a straight face that this isn't voter suppression in one form or fashion, man, please go sit somewhere because you're just buying into the BS at this point. You're not trying to actually think about what's actually happening right now and you're trying to buy into the BS. I just think it's crazy. The one the one thing that everybody knows has an opportunity to change this country is the one thing that they've always tried to limit the amount of people that can't do it. Put in all kinds of rules in place, put in all kind of the way that they zone counties, the way that they do all of that stuff, redlining, all that stuff. They've done it for voter suppression. And seeing them after this election, they're like, yo, people are actually coming out to vote now. Let's make sure that we make it as tough and as difficult and basically make it impossible for people that we don't want to vote to vote. Now, you can push back and say, how do we know that this is only pushing against black and brown communities? Let's just go to Arizona, for example. When they talk about the Navajo, one of the um, one of the restrictions that they're putting in place is that in order for you to mail in your voting ballot, you have to get it notarized. And if you know anything about the Navajo community, you know the fact that they don't really have even a supermarket they ain't got. So to talk about they should just have a notary in their community all of a sudden, like, come on, you know exactly what you're doing. It's like the way that they're, they're, they started restricting where you could put your mail-in ballots. In Texas, they made it like one location. So they know what they're doing. They know exactly what they're doing. They know the neighborhoods that have the money to be able to do whatever they want to do. And they know the neighborhoods that are suffering, which usually those are black and brown neighborhoods. So please miss me with all the BS that this is in some kind of voter suppression. And those 165 legislations, it's not like it's just in like five or six states. That's in 33 states, 33 states, a majority of the states in the United States. 33 and you out here talking about it ain't voter suppression like come on dog come on man but anyway let's finish out this episode with some extra news that i think are important uh one trump's impeachment hearing began on tuesday but we will probably not get the results of the impeachment until maybe wednesday next week uh but more than likely he's going to be acquitted as of right now in order for you to get trump to be impeached you need 67 votes in the senate and of course we all know democrats only have 50 votes so for them to get 17 votes to impeach trump is going to be very difficult for the initial vote of like considering if the trial was unconstitutional it passed with 56 to 44 i believe was the number but you still need a lot more votes they need 10 more votes 10 more people in the senate to flip and the interesting thing is when they were trying misery something i don't even know her last name majory green or something like that uh, and taking her off of committees which if you don't know who majory green is she is one QAnon loving um trump fanatic conspiracy theories person that actually is in the house of representatives and they basically were trying to try and see if she needs to be removed because she said some really dangerous stuff after the siege on the capitol from all the people all the rioters that raged on the capitol she said some really dangerous stuff so they wanted to remove her from committees and because the vote was not a public vote where people would know what house representative voted for what for what most people in the house voted to remove her which would have been the same thing i believe in the senate but since everybody will know who voted for trump and who voted against trump we're gonna see the fact that this is just gonna go right down party lines so 
I mean, I don't know. It's just to me, it's mind-boggling because this really speaks to our democracy in the United States. Because the thing is, one of the ways we balance power out is one of the strongest things is for Congress to be able to impeach a president. And if Congress can't do that, that balance of power starts to swing a little bit. And I don't like it. I don't like it. If you're somebody who loves being in a free republic, you shouldn't like it either. You really should not like it. Um, a stat that I think is sobering and tells us where we are as a community. 40% of new gun sales were made by women in the last year. First of all, we had a spike in new gun sales. People that never thought about owning guns in their life all of a sudden want to own a gun. Why? Because of everything that's happened in the last year. That's very sobering. And then on top of it, to me, I just think there's a lot of dudes out here that need to start being men. We need to start protecting our women in this community. Like we need to start standing up and be actual men rather than out here doing stupid stuff. That's just my opinion though. And then let's go on to Apple and Hyundai's are no longer in talks to make the Apple car. Apparently Hyundai doesn't just want to be a manufacturing partner of Apple. And if you know anything about Apple, Apple doesn't let anybody else design anything on their behalf. So for the time being, we ain't got no Apple car. Oil is back after going negative, which is something that nobody ever in their life thought that oil will ever be like literally they were paying people to take the oil. Not like it was literally a situation where there was so much oil being pumped that they were paying people to take the oil away. That's how bad it was last summer. But of course, as people started moving around, we've seen the gas prices start going back up and oil for the first time is back to pre pandemic levels at $60 a barrel which means oil is back and if you owned any oil stock i mean i bought exxon mobil but then i sold it and i bought because exxon mobil is just not even trying to switch out of trying to do anything renewables so i was like forget y'all i'm gonna go shell so i bought shell and shell has done pretty well and has recovered and i also love the fact that they're starting to focus on re renewables now was that a mistake to buy Shell? I'll still say yes, because my money could have been put elsewhere. And at that point in time, we've talked about this. I was so distracted when it comes to investing. Now let's talk about Bumble is going public today, Thursday morning. When y'all are listening to this, Bumble will be a publicly traded company. And I expect that Bumble is going to pub is going to double on when it's listed it's it's announced that they are going to be selling about 35 million shares they're going to raise about 2.2 billion dollars from their ipo and they're going to sell 35 million shares at 43 dollars so if you can get in on those ipo prices which just like we learned with airbnb is very unlikely that any one of us are going to get in on any of these prices what's going to happen is is when you finally have a chance to buy bumble during midday trading it's going to be from that $43, I think it's going to start trading at $100, just like we saw with Airbnb. So if you don't know what Bumble is, first of all, where you been? You should know what Bumble is. It's a dating app that gives the control to women to make the first move. So for dudes like myself, who are just super shy and don't like to really talk to people like that, and we're not trying to flirt out there and do all this kind of stuff like that, it's a great cop-out option for us. It's a great cop-out option. I know my roommate has been on Bumble. He's got a couple of dates on Bumble. He says he likes it. I think it's going to do really, really well. As a matter of fact, if you compare Bumble to Tinder, which is owned by Match Group, 
they have been doing unbelievably well in the last year as far as their stock is concerned also by revenue standards with all of us staying inside all day not having anywhere to go not being able to talk to anybody not being able to interact with the other species or rather with the other sex or gender i think the word is gender that i'm looking for tinder had a spike in revenue and their the stock price actually shot up 43% in the last year. And the thing you have to think about with Bumble, Bumble already has over 100 million users, like active users on their on their platform. So Bumble is going to challenge Tinder. And I think it's not going to be like, who's going to be the dominant force. It's going to be like, both of them are going to own the market to a degree. I think both of them are basically just the only two. It's going to be a duopoly where both of them control the entire market. Think of Facebook and Google and the ad in the ad space is basically the same thing that's going to happen with Bumble and Tinder, where both of them are basically just going to control the dating market. Finally, we got to talk about the Super Bowl, man. We got to talk about the Super Bowl because that Super Bowl was trash. That's oh, my God. That Super Bowl was so trash. Like, yo, what's going on? Oh my God, and of all things, of all things, Tom Brady had to go and win? Tom, oh man, come on, man, come on, man. Like, why? Why are you gonna let Tom Brady win like this, dog? Like, why? Me homes, my homes. Why you do this to me? Also, apparently, I wasn't the only one who thought the Super Bowl was trash because this was the lowest rated super bowl of all time it only had about 96 million people watch the super bowl i say only 96 million people that's still a bunch of people but nevertheless it was the lowest super bowl rating of all time i mean the only one that's lower than it or on the same level as it is the super bowl between i think it was the bears and i'll say the giants in 2007 and nobody really liked that one was it bears giants because i thought that was the patriots but anyway i can't really remember there was one that was super low rated as well but the game was so so sad to watch. Mahomes was out there running for his life. The O-line was trash. Nobody knew how to catch a ball. Everything was just terrible, man. Everything was just terrible. But thank God for Twitter. Because I was on Twitter the whole time. And the internet, I, I swear, the internet is forever undefeated. The internet is just, if you're having a bad day, go on Twitter. You find some nice memes. You find some funny memes. And that, well, that doesn't always happen. Sometimes people are just evil. But, you know. But generally, it was, it made up for the fact that the game we were watching was really bad. And then on top of it, the halftime show. Next time, weekend, if you, if you for some reason are listening to me on this podcast, which I highly doubt. But if anybody knows the weekend, tell him to get somebody who can dance, to get somebody who can play an instrument to come perform on stage with him. Because my guy, what was that? That looked like the second coming of us, of This Is Us or Us, the, the, mo- the movie that had the whole mask wearing and the double ganger thing. Like, what was that? What, what was that? I was just like, what are you, what are you doing? Oh, this Super Bowl was so trash. Even the commercials. I mean, am I the only one who thinks that Super Bowl commercials have just become so uncreative? I mean, literally, I feel like now Super Bowl commercials are just glorified paycheck days for celebrities. For like, yo, how how many celebrities can we pack into a 30-second commercial? How many of these guys can we just pack in here as many as possible for this commercial? Because none of those commercials were that good. Actually, 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 I shout out to Reddit for their commercial because that was very creative to use the whole thing that's going on with the GameStop drama to get a five second ad on TV. Man, smart moves by Reddit, which they just raised a bunch of money and they're valued over like $4 billion now or something like that. But regardless, Reddit, good job. 
that was a really good commercial i'll also give a shout out to the commercial with michael b jordan for alexa all the women i know y'all were flaunting over that commercial don't even play no dude was watching that commercial i watched that commercial and i was like this is a very creative take on alexa because usually when you think of amazon's alexa you think of a woman but they flipped it on us and they played it a completely different way and i like the creativity with that one it was funny and it was fun we need more funny and fun commercials remember the days with doritos like the one where the guy would like <laughs> went into the Dorito thing and the guy told him yeah this by the way is a time traveling machine and then an old dude shows up he comes out and he said Jimmy is that you no that's funny that's funny that's like good commercials we need more good commercials in the Super Bowls not all these trash commercials that they're force feeding us down the drain just so they can pay some celebrities some money like come on now we don't need that anymore but anyway that's all i got for y'all i hope y'all learned one maybe two things out of this entire thing and if you did give a rating on any of the listening platforms that you listen to this on please drop a rating and just hit me up on any of my social medias if you have any question or maybe you just want to talk about how trash the super bowl is you can reach me at twitter on twitter at kalechi waba you can reach me at rambling mind show on instagram and also on TikTok, you can reach me at Kelechi Iwaba. But anyway, if you want to email me, it will be ramblingmindshow at gmail.com. Or you can just go to my re- website, ramblingmindshow.com. But anyway, that's all I got for y'all. Remember, generosity is always greater than greed. God bless each and every single one of y'all. And I'm out. Deuces.